Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Would you open your word to 1 John? We're going to get there. 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to pray for us, and I'm not going to be too concerned with the clock. Jesus, I'm still a mess. I I keep hearing, who is like the Lord? And I just praise you, God. We praise you. Praise you. Yeah, Father, we pray for today, God. I thank you, Lord, that you're already doing magnificent things in our hearts, God. We, we beautifully surrender and fully surrender to what you're going to do today. Uh, Lord, I just say, change me. Change me, God. Change me, God. Change me in, into, into someone that looks, acts, and sounds like your son. And would you speak through your word today, speak through me, speak through what you have to say, God. And, and I pray even, Lord, to speak a different message to each person individually, that your Holy Spirit would bring grace to the hearer. Yeah, amen. Whew. Okay. All right, 1 John 4, 7, let me open it up. I'm going to, we're going to talk a bit today. Today, I just want to give you a, a, just, just a headline for where we're going today, so you can kind of Think about where you might put some of, uh, some of all this today. But this idea, this, this, the, 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 the quote that kept, I feel like hemmed in right here. Can I move forward a little bit more? Are you guys? All right. I, I like to move around. Maybe dance a little. Listen, um, I, I kept hearing this, this phrase, the only way through this is love. I kept hearing that again and again. The only way through this in love. And my first thought was, but God, that's not that deep. That's not that revelatory, God. We need to get deep in the, in, into, into, into Jesus. And, and, and of course, as you say it, you're, I was instantly recognized like, there's nothing deeper. <laughs> like, there's nothing deeper. The man love, right? The man love laid his life down at, in the beginning of time for all eternity to the end of time. Love made a way for all eternity to come together with Jesus. And so if, there, if you're looking for something deeper, some spiritual gifting that takes us deeper, some, some scriptural like proof that there's something deeper than love, then you're going to be disappointed. Now, everything builds on top of love, right? In fact, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about prophecy and tongues. And he says, all of this will pass away. But what will remain is love. So even all the giftings and all the things we can talk about, I promise you that the, the world's turmoil and the craziness that is going on right now, the answer is love. Did you guys know, in my hometown of Seattle, there is a sovereign nation that has been created, and, and, and it's called Capitol Hill. And, and you, if you didn't know, honestly, a bunch of, I guess they're anarchists. I don't know how to label people. They're not like, but a bunch, a group of people, I'll say this, people, because Jesus sees them as uh, maybe pre-Christians. I don't know where they're at with the Lord. <laughs> but Jesus sees them differently than you might see them. I'm just going to throw that out there right now, right? 
but, but there's a group of people that literally took over a section of an area that I've spent a lot of time in. My sister used to live in Capitol Hill, and they took it over, and they made it this, this place of, quote-unquote, freedom. It, they're free. There's no laws. There's no rules. There's no police department. They've kicked them out because they want freedom. Can I, can I put to you that this is what the world is looking for? They were just bold enough to do it. They were just, they were just bold enough, stupid enough, maybe. Um, I'm not allowed to say that we're my family. Silly enough. They were just silly enough to do something like that, right? And hear me, I'm not condoning it. I'm making a point. That the world is crying out for freedom. Freedom from control. Freedom from, 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 from the thoughts that they think about themselves that the world has put in front of them. And so Jesus didn't come to free the Jews from Roman Empire. But that's what they were crying out for. But Jesus came and freed them from themselves. He freed them from fear, from depression, from um, anger, from... from uh, Gosh, poverty, all sorts of stuff. He came from addictions, all the things that they had just back then. He came to free them into love, into love. I'm gonna read 1 John 4. 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Let's just stop there. That word love. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. This love that is from God, that word love is, the, is actually, it's the, it's the Greek word agape or agapeo. I think it's used in that word, but it's the same word. You guys all heard of agape love, right? Welcome to agape land. Welcome to, do you remember that? You've never heard that song. All right, bullfrogs and butterflies. All right. Thank you, George and Banoff, right? Um, so this, this, this love that he's talking about is, is agape love. Now, C.S. Lewis wrote a book, The Four Loves. There's, there's, there's four basic, I think there's a fifth one, but I don't want to get into it. There's four basic loves that the Bible uses. There's, there's eros, storge, philia, and agape. Forgive me, Jay, if I, if I pronounce those wrong. <laughs> I say Jay because he's just a great man of the word. Uh, I've learned a lot from Jay. Bless you, man. By the way, we have a Bible study Monday and Wednesday morning on Zoom. If you ever want to be a part of that, come find him or me. It's, it's fire. There's like 15, 20 people in it. Um, Jay and I lead it. And just thank you, Jay, for leading with me on that. Okay, so, so Eros love. Eros, I'm just going to go briefly through this. This is not about the four love languages or the four loves um, that talks about. Love languages are different. Okay, that's a different sermon. Um, so eros is this romantic love. Anytime they use the word eros, it's romantic love, sexual love. It's this, uh, uh, it's the, I mean, it's just, it's the love that you have, uh, um, uh, this romanticness. Need I say more? Okay. So it's this love that's based on like, like I think chemistry is involved in this kind of a love. You know what I'm saying? All right. Storge is affection or belonging shared by the family. So the storge love is like my brotherly love. Or actually, it's, it's the kind of love I have for, my, for my, uh, my, my brothers and my sisters and my mom and my dad. This is, very, this is the kind of love that you don't get to choose. It's just, it's just you're born into this kind of love. It's normal. Philia is friendship or companionship. A love of openness, it is occupied with common interests 
and activities. So, you know, you know, Mark's sitting right here. But we, we both love certain things. We all got to hung out in home groups like that. He loves lead worship. I love lead worship. We have common interests. We, we have common family and community. We have a philia type of love, okay? So your friendships embody this kind of a love. And it's a kind of love that's built on shared connections. Does that make sense? But then there's agape love. And I like this, de- this definition, or this, uh, a couple things about it. It's a willful choice. Everybody say it's a willful choice. A willful choice to put another's interest above one's own. An unselfish giving, even to the point of sacrifice and unconditional love. It's the steady intention of the will to another's highest good. I'm going to say it again. The steady intention of the will of another's highest good. Agape love is literally the kind of love that Jesus talks about when he says, for God so agape the world that he gave his one and only son. That God first agaped you before you ever agaped him. It's that who, it, it, God, he shows us his unconditional love. It's the love that, that Aaron talked about with the leper, with Jesus walking up to the leper. He sacrificed well, he, he, didn't, he knew he wasn't sacrificing his well-being, being, but he sacrificed everybody's opinions of him when he walked up to this leper. And so let's read this now. As we talk about God as love, this is the love he's talking about. He's talking about the kind of love that, that how many of you guys have an opinion? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You have an opinion? Give an opinion about what's happening right now in society. Raise your hand. Some of you, if you have a strong opinion, raise your hand. I, I know who you are, all right? I read all about your posts, all right? I know who you are. If you have a strong opinion, agape love says, I will lay my opinion down to see you the way Jesus sees you. It's so beautiful to say that, isn't it? I could put it on my, I could write it on my my journal, decorate it like my wife decorates her journal, take a photo, put it on Instagram, and it's beautiful. But man, it's not easy. It's not easy to lay down all the things that seem right to us to hold on to, to see somebody else like Jesus does. Those people at in Chaz, what's it stand for? Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Oh. <laughs> Think of what we're going to tell our kids in the history books about that. Oh, But Jesus sees that group of people differently than I do. He sees every politician differently than I do. (laughs) Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now be careful. This might convict a few of us. All right. The one who does not love does not know God. For God is love. He's agape. By this, the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. Abundant life. Come on. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, the mediator. Beloved. I just love how he says beloved. 
Beloved, if God so loved us, agaped us, we also ought to agape one another, lay our lives down for each other. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. He's a great job. By this, we know that we abide in him. You want to talk about abiding in the Lord? We know we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. Listen, This agape love I'm talking about, it sounds cute. It's impossible. It's impossible. Say it's impossible. It's impossible for me. Unless I have Jesus. Unless I have the spirit in me. Listen, this thing called Christianity, it's not about rules. Am I right? I know you guys don't like religious thinking, right? You're here maybe because of that. I don't know. But there's a lot of freedom in the room. But the reality is, Christianity is just not about rules. It's not about worship services. It's about love. It's about laying your life down for somebody else. And if Christianity were possible without the Holy Spirit in you, without Jesus dying for you, then we wouldn't need Jesus. And so love in of itself is, 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 is impossible the way Jesus tells us to. Now, I can brotherly love you, and I can, I, can, um, I can love you like a friend. I can, lo- I can love my, my, my parents and my sisters like this without Jesus' help. Amen? I can have shared beliefs. I can have shared convictions. I'm, I, can, I can like your post. So I'm getting like current events now. I can like your post. I can comment on it. And we can have love. But that's not the love that Jesus calls us to. That is the love that the world says is good. The world says, if you, if you don't like my post, unfriend me now. If you don't like my post, you don't love me. If you don't agree with me, you don't love me. If you don't, if you don't follow where I'm going politically, then you don't love me. But see, love has nothing to do with any of that, right? Are you getting that? It has nothing to do with that. See, whoever, verse 15, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us, that God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. Verse 18, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. I have a feeling that our world is gripped with fear because we've chosen different types of love. We've chosen different types. I, I, I have a feeling Christians, <laughs> which I'm one of them, <laughs> we, we have fear and anxiety because we have chosen different types of love to lead and guide us. And this is, this is I'm definitely not trying to convict anybody. This isn't supposed to be a hard message. This, I'm, just, I'm just reading the word here. Because honestly, this is, if, if we can just follow Jesus, we will have life and life abundant. All right. Um, where am I? Okay. So good. First Samuel 16, 17, I like this. It says, God sees not as a man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so this is how we're called to live. We're called to look not at the outer appearance. Oh, I don't know their inner, I don't know, I don't know that person. Cool. 
then, then don't tear them down. Then don't speak negatively about them. Then don't, don't, don't write them off until you actually sit down with them and find out what's going on inside them. See, God is looking at the insides of all these rioters that are not, they're not a law-abiding citizens. Now, I want to use two stories. So the, I want to use two stories today. One of them is the woman at the well. The other one is a story I recently had with a friend of mine. We had lunch together in his car. It was illegal. We weren't six feet away. Um, but I, I've broken more than one rule during this time. Um, thank you. Jesus forgives me. I am forgiven. <laughs> I do wrestle a little bit with that of like, I'm not following rules. God, you put government in. Uh, I'm just not going to listen to that though. <laughs> There's a bit of conviction sometimes. You can pray for me or, or discipline me later. Um, turn to John 4. We're going to talk about the woman at the well. And I don't know how long I'm going to spend on this because, like I said, we have more people coming in and they might have to wait longer. <laughs> I made last, last week, they made, I made them wait longer. Things not to do. Okay. Okay, John 4. I got to get there. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. I want to do just a, a brief intro to this because I was, as I was looking at this, and I try to, every time I look at a story, I try to shift the way I'm looking at it. I try to look at it differently than what I've been taught a hundred times. So I had to like ask God, who are the Samaritans? Why, who, who is this woman? And, um, and I was reading the, uh, I was watching the movie The Chosen, or the show The Chosen, and they have this story in there. So if you haven't watched this story in there, it's beautiful. Um, I have a feeling um, Aaron might have been talking about the story of the leper um, in that, and it was beautiful to watch how it might have gone down. But in the story, I, I, I had a question in my mind of why was this moment put in the Bible? And I think it's important for today because Samaria, um, Samaria, so, if, so Jesus and his disciples, they're, they're walking. They're going from Jerusalem to Galilee. Now, this trip normally took um, three days of travel if you went through Samaria, Samaria right? Now, how many of you guys on purpose would ever take the long route to anywhere? So, few of you guys. Me, me. I love that. It's honest. <laughs> you probably have a lot more peace in, in your life than I do. But I, I, I'm like, get there. I want to get there, right? I've got no time for this. Listen, these, the, the Jews were so were so, um, they, they, they saw the Samaritans as such a people group that they wanted nothing to do with that they would actually, they would actually, it would take, uh, it would take a whole like two extra days to go around. Two extra days of walking would be required to do something that would normally just take three days, okay? Two days, two days. Think about this. You're driving, maybe you want to drive to like uh, Montana, right? Maybe you just went to Montana and got back. The Murrays just got back. And they're like, we're going to Montana. Cool. How should we get there? Well, Google says it'll take, it'll take one and a half days to go through here. Let's go through Florida. <laughs> and literally changed. They would do all of this for the Samaritans because the, the Jews and the Samaritans, they did not get along well. In fact, the Samaritans, uh, let me read you a little brief history. I can't say it to you as well as they can. The Samaritans were a group of people who lived in Samaria in an area north of Jerusalem. They were half Jews and half Gentiles. When Assyria captured the northern kingdom of Israel in 721 BC, some were taken into captivity while others were left behind. 
the ones left behind intermarried with the Assyrians. Thus, these people were neither fully Hebrew nor fully Gentiles. The Samaritans had their own unique copy of the first five books of Scripture, as well as their own unique system of worship. And at the time of Jesus, the Jews and the Samaritans did not deal with one another. Two extra days of travel. That's putting it lightly. They don't deal with each other. Jesus, however, ministered to the people of Samaria, preaching the good news to them. He did not. So Jesus is, says, let's go right through this. And you can imagine his disciples were on. But listen to what the word actually says. It's not verse 7. So verse 3, he left Judea and went away into Galilee. He, verse 4, he had to. Say had to had to. He had to pass through Samaria. Another uh, translation, did I have it in here? I thought I did. It was, another translation says, it was necessary for him to take the road that led through Samaria. I want you to think about this. He had to. He had to. He didn't have to. He didn't, it was normal. It was, it was radically weird to go through Samaria. It was completely out of the ordinary. Jesus broke every rule. He broke every rule of the time. And he knew, I believe this, I believe that Jesus knew to walk through Samaria, Samaria and to be around the Samaritans would communicate the agape love. It would communicate the love that he had. See, imagine if Jesus went around them. He'd be a hypocrite. If Jesus went around them, if Jesus avoided a certain race or group, he'd be a hypocrite. If he looked at a group of people differently than Jesus looked at them from the inside out, he'd be a hypocrite. And so Jesus had to. I've never thought, saw it that way. He had to walk through Samaria. And so Jesus... He chose to walk through the conflict. He chose to walk through the pain of years and years of division. He chose to walk into chaos. He walked into conflict. He walked into different opinioning views, different governmental views. He walked into all these things, and he did it intentionally because he had to. He had to. What do we have to do? What do you have to do? Listen to that. Think about that. What do you have to do? If, if walking like Jesus meant that he had to walk into places that required love, selfless love, what do we have to do? I'm going I'm to finish with a story just for, no, I want to read the scripture. Let's, let's do Galatians 5. I think we can do this. Just reach your hand out. Just pray for me. You got this. I, honestly, I, I love reading scripture. There's something powerful. I mean, the, the scripture just preaches way better than I can. Um, Galatians 5, verse 7. I want to talk about this because I think there's something powerful. Uh, Paul talks to the Galatians. This is where the Galatians actually get all saved and they get baptized. I love kids. I don't, don't worry about the kids. And, and, and they get all, I'll just talk louder. <laughs> and so, <laughs> Listen, Paul is rebuking the Galatians. He said, it's the Galatian bewitchment. Who bewitched you? You started so well. 
meaning that you got saved through faith in grace. You got saved through love came into you. Love came down and rescued you. But the Galatians shifted because of the opinions of the people, and they started moving towards only loving based on works, loving people based on merit. Okay? And so, so Paul, when he's talking about this, says, verse 7, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Imagine if, G, if Paul came back to the church and was saying, you were running so well. What happened? Why are you fighting? Why are you loving based on opinions and posts? <laughs> Who bewitched you? And we're going to be like, we're going to be like, I don't know. I, I thought that's what the word says. Like, I'm just, I've got good intentions. I'm trying to be self, I mean, I'm trying to be righteous here. I'm just trying to be right. Okay, shaka mama. All right. Come on. Oh, I just want to preach the gospel right now. Okay, so verse, verse 8, this section. Verse 7, the, this persuasion did not come from him capital him, who calls you. And he says this, he says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. This is why Jesus says, be careful how you hear and how you see. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will adopt no other view, but the one who is disturbing you will bear this judgment, whoever he is. Don't be that person. From a skip down, skip down to 13. For you were called to freedom, brethren. We are called to freedom, but only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. But through agape, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Get that. That's not small. The whole, all the law and the prophets of all the Old Testament, this is the only thing that they had known, or the Jews knew at least, is fulfilled in this, to love your neighbor, to agape your neighbor. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Well, that's not happening right now. Okay, but I say walk by the Spirit. This is good news, guys. Walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident. I'm gonna read these which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, controlling, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, <laughs> dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom. I believe what he's saying there is like, you will not find the kingdom in any of those places. If you're looking for God to partner with you, that, those are all places that he is, I don't know if he's unable, he's unwilling to partner with you. And if one of those sticks out to you, beautiful. 
Let the Holy Spirit just speak life into that place because if you have the Holy Spirit in you, he will lead you into freedom. That's what it says. But the fruit, everybody say it's the fruit. fruit. Can we say that a little louder? It's the fruit. fruit. Ah, Thank you. (laughs) I never liked preaching to a camera. (laughs) I missed you guys. (laughs) But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things, there is no law meaning that there's no rules. There's no controlling these things. These are the things that will naturally come out of you. If you are not experiencing these things, I encourage you, shut down your phone. Shut down friends for a period. Take a break. Take a break. God, why aren't these things coming out of me? When you squeeze a Christian, you should get Jesus. You should not get anything else. And and so when you squeeze one of us, and we're getting squeezed, and he promises you will get squeezed. It's a promise. This should come out. That's what this says. This should come out. So if you have other things that are coming out, comparison, jealousy, anger. Now, there's some good anger, and there's some bad anger. You just talk to God about that. Because anger is beautiful, right? There's righteous anger. The problem is the line is so thin to self-righteous anger and righteous anger. So just think about these things. Joy, peace, hope. I recently had a conversation with someone, and I was like, you have not mentioned the word or any even felt like anything that resembles hope in the past 10 minutes. One thing I love about Victoria, I'm going to brag on her for a second. Her message, if you haven't heard it last week, we interviewed Victoria. That's her back there. She's amazing. They're getting ready to actually move. Um, and so if you just want to put money in their hands, as God shows you, to really send them off well, you can do that. But she, one of the things I loved about her coming up here is we were asking her some pretty loaded questions. And she came back with answers that would not budge from the hope that God has for our communities. She wouldn't move from it. And so I know that when you squeeze Victoria, you're going to get hope. You're going to get, you're going to get, you're going to get um, uh, faith that God's on the move. You're going to get faith that, man, this is bad. But what an opportunity for God to do something powerful. I'm going to end with this story. I was hanging out with a friend of mine. Um, I won't tell you his name. He's a pastor. Um, he's a great, great guy. And um, he's not famous. Um, and so he's just like, He's just like all of us. He's famous in God's eyes, right? And so I just want you to, I want you to be able to connect with people, right? That's why I say that. Sometimes we you know, pedestal Christianity and, and we want to, it's hard to connect with people that have uh, two, two million followers or something. Um, but, he, but it was just, we were just having lunch in his, in, his, in, his, in his Jeep and we're hanging out and we're just doing Chipotle, you know? We're just having, you know, took the mask off after we bought it because you had to wear a mask and it's all right, that's all right. I had a little bit of uh, self-righteousness in that. I had to deal with it. Um, but we were sitting in the car just chatting about life. And um, this was in Santa Ana, just to give you a picture of where we're at. And, and the first person comes up to his car, knocks on the window. He rolls it down and said, do you have any, do you have any change? And I'm sitting there. And this has not happened to me in years. 
someone's coming up and knocked on my window. I'm just being real. Um, and, and, but apparently this happens to him all the time. And so the first person comes up to him during our lunch and knocks on the door. And he rolls down the window. And he, and he says, yo, you want, you want, what do you need? You some money, some change, like just a couple quarters? Or what do you want? Like want $5? And the guys, I think it was a woman. I think the first one was a woman. At least I lost track. And she's like, he's like, yeah, that'd be great. So he reaches back and pulls out a little change thing, whatever, and he pulls out a, a, a $5 bill and gives it to her and says, man, I just bless you. Just bless you. Just pray for you and praying for you, whatever. And she, she goes, thank you, and she walks away. We keep talking about important stuff in our world and all that stuff, and the second person comes. <laughs> I'm like, wow, man, like, you're popular. And uh, do they know you? And <laughs> he says, no. This just happens a lot to me. I'm like, all right. So the second person comes and asks for um, more change. And he goes, well, would you like some food? I can get you some food. And then the person's like, no, I don't really need food. Just some change would be great. And he says, okay, well, here. And so he gives him a couple more dollars. And um, <laughs> he says, bless you, guys. Bless you, Jesus. And, and th- that person goes away. And I think the last person was, uh, the second was a man. And, and then the third person, the third person. Now, we, we weren't there for four hours. We were <laughs> And the third person comes and says, hey, you know, um, could, you, uh, could you spare some change? And by now, I'm just like, I'm kind of laughing. And I'm loving this too. I'm like, wow, we, we're the, we get to be the church to people. They're just coming up to us. This is the Lord, right? Bright and shining light, people attracted to. It's eating in our car. How does this happen? Do you have stickers on your car? And he's, no, I don't have stickers on my so the third person comes up, he gives him some money, and also says, hey, you need some socks? And the person's like, no, I don't need socks. And he's like, are you sure? I've got brand new socks in my trunk. I'll just get them right now. They're nice. And the person's like, yeah, okay, I'll take some socks. <laughs> and so he gets out of the car, gets in the back, rummages through, gets a couple socks, give them to the person, bless you, Jesus loves you. And that was it. And I didn't forget it. And I didn't forget what I just saw. Um, I was convicted because I don't know that I would get a $5 away. Um, I was convicted because I don't have socks in my car. <laughs> I don't have food in my car. I don't have, I don't have anything to give people. I'm, now, we're literally just talking about the homeless and, and the needy right now. But I want you to hear the heart behind this is he was ready. He was ready. He was ready to love. He was ready to lay down his life. He, he laid down his time. They, we, our, our, three times our conversation got cut, cut short. I, 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 I think what I felt the Lord just calling us to is, is what's it look like to love people? I, and I, and I, think, I think we need to be ready. I think we need to be ready in this time. And ready for you might mean You've already meditated on what it looks like to love your neighbor. I'm not even talking about racism and what's going on right now. I'm talking about loving the next person. Because chances are, none of you are racist. Okay? Just, just, just help you with that. Chances are, none of us are truly racist. But there's also a really good chance that we've treated people differently because of how we see them. Can you identify with that? We, 
Last story. Um, yesterday was the day we, uh, we sent off our, uh, our two-year-old foster son. And um, it was both joyful because he's going to his dad, who's done a lot of really great work to get his world ready for his son. Um, and so, he, so we went back to his dad yesterday. Well, his, um, his, his brother, this two-year-old brother, has a five-year-old brother, different dad. And I remember the first time I saw his five-year-old um, brother, um, I'm blanking on his name now. Um, anyway, I remember the first time we saw it, we were dropping them off to visit their parents at a park, and I saw this five-year-old brother that was also visiting because he didn't get to be with the, with the parents either. And the, and the five-year-old runs up and gives a big grin to my kids, and there's a, just a grill of silver teeth, just a grill of silver teeth. And I just thought, oh, my gosh. Like, I don't remember the last time I've seen someone with a full grill of silver teeth. And I, I kind of had to chuckle and laugh a little bit. I'm like, wow, that, that's, that's real. That's horrible. Like, that's, I, I mean, I don't know. He's five, so he probably cares less about a grill. But if he was 16 in high school, he would care. Amen, high school students? I don't think high school students here. And then, it, and then the dentist said about our two-year-old that we had, he's going to need replacing teeth also. And I remember everything in me said, there's got to be another way. We'll pray for his teeth, and we'll get another opinion, and we'll, we'll find it. We'll find dentists that don't. But the reality is you don't see these kind of teeth very much because um, no dentist that could avoid putting metal in someone's mouth would. However, um, there's, a whole pe- there's a whole poverty thing surrounding this that if you're on certain government programs, that's all they will pay for. And so... When Josue, our, our little two-year-old, came home from the dentist with a grill. I hope I'm not being offensive in saying that. I, I don't mean to be. With, with a bunch of teeth replaced that were now silver. And he smiles. Like, have you seen his smile? Like, one, he is just a joy bomb. But two, I could feel the conviction in my heart because I've spent beautiful time with this young boy. And I could feel the conviction in my heart that I, there's a part of me that broke a little for these teeth not because of how people would see him, but because of how I saw him. And I had to be real. Like when I see teeth like that, I don't see highly intelligent, you know, favor of the Lord. Do you get what I'm saying? And I had to super, and obviously like, this is me, like, hope you don't judge me wrong for that. Like it was a moment with God and I of like, huh. This is in me. Like, why can't I look past silly teeth? I'm, I should be thankful <laughs> that he has teeth. And so I just want you guys to recognize that love, it, it, love is still doing a work in our hearts. And it's the kind of love that will absolutely cost you money. It'll cost you, I don't want to say socks, but it'll, it'll, it'll cost you It'll cost you. It'll cost you your time. It'll cost you you feeling right about something. It'll cost you what people are going to think if you're hanging out with that person. I've seen what they post. Right? All right. Why don't you stand with me? Why don't you stand with me? This is why... 
This is why we worship you guys. This is why we worship. Because you have to look at the man love and be, and be fully transformed into what you're looking at to be able to do it on earth. And so I, I'm not trying to convict anybody here. I think we all have our own opportunities. But I want, you to, I want to encourage you. Let's be found as people that others just come up and knock on their windows. Can I pray that over us? Can I pray that we are the ones that people come up and knock on their window? Can I just pray that people private message you because of how you communicate love? Can I pray that, that, that people would want to know who you are at the table next to them, at the restaurant, for how, because of how you talk about political parties? Can I pray that, that you would actually find yourself on your face praying? Because you're heartbroken by what you see around you. Because that's what will change everything. Not looking at the way the world talks about racism and, and man, and, or even just how the world talks about policemen right now. We bless the policemen. But the world has all these different movements going on. And Jesus didn't change his movement. It's still the same plan. Lay your life down for the person in front of you. So put your hand on your heart. I want you to own this right now. And so if, if there's an area that God just kind of like put on your heart, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to lead you into truth, to lead you into wholeness in this little area. It's small, it's tiny, it's not a big deal, but God wants all of you. And he's not afraid of the rough parts. So if there was something that stood out to your heart today, if the Holy Spirit put a finger on something, just right now say, Father, would you lead me into that place? Would you lead me into love? I believe some of you guys are supposed to literally give your shoes to people. Right off your feet. I believe some of you guys are called to hold $20 bills in your pocket and just give them away in the grocery store. I don't know what you're going to say when you do it, but you'll think of something. And the person might just start weeping because the world has no idea what's coming for them. Love is coming for them in the form of the church because, man, we are getting ready. Yeah. Father, I pray right now for beautiful conviction, but also beautiful parenting, that you are a good father that leads us, <laughs> that leads us into places we're called to be. I believe, God, you're actually, there. some of us are in the right place with just needs a little shift in mindsets, a little shift in what love looks like. So I want to encourage you guys, don't abandon what you're called to, but ask love to come into those places you're called into. How would love communicate differently? Some of you guys are stuck right now because you have, you've, have, you've made this more about what you have and what you need than what God has and what he wants to do. And so I pray right now for some of you that are stuck right now that there'd be a switching. You call it a reset if you want, but there'd be a shift and a change of how you look at yourself and the circumstances you're in. So Father, we lift this up in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. Yeah, can we just give God just a hand? Just give him the glory. He's doing stuff in our hearts. Come on. Amen. Next week might be a happier message, I promise. But 
Um, but I don't know. I think this is happy to me. <laughs> All right. Bless you guys. Hey, um, we do have another service. I wasn't as sure as I wanted to be. Um, so around, <laughs> I say around, at 11 o'clock, we're going to invite them in and we're going to start the second service. All right. Bless you guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church. 